What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monday's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Murph's underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk, as you know, as you love. I am so happy to be here this Monday afternoon, Monday morning, Monday evening, Monday midnight, whatever you're listening or watching. I'm so happy to be here right now. Right now for me, I am recording in the afternoon, so it is afternoon for me, and it is a very, very beautiful day outside. A little bit of a chill, but I know this week is going to be very, very warm. It's going to be very nice. It's going to feel like spring. It's going to feel like summer, and I am so excited because that means baseball season is coming, and there's not much baseball to talk about in this episode, if any at all, actually, because this episode is going to be Bruins heavy, but I do I do have to admit that leaving the depression of winter or the winter depression, however you want to word it, is kind of feeling good, I gotta say. And I'm sure you can feel the same way because this winter felt so long. It felt miserable. It was cold. All I want was just warm weather, just one day throughout the winter. And now to finally get it a little bit of consistency with that warm weather, it is so nice. It is so energizing and just rejuvenating. And there's hope on the horizon for warm weather to come, and I am so excited for that. I'm sure you are. Uh, Let's just start it off with a quick little question. What's your favorite thing to do during the spring? So I'm not going to count go to the beach because that's a summer activity. But during the spring, what is it? Is it go to a Red Sox game? Well, I guess you could do that during the summer too. Is St. Patrick's Day? Is it Easter if you celebrate? I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're listening on audio platforms, reach out to me, Twitter, and on Instagram. Your favorite springtime 
activity, I'd love to hear it. Me personally, it's just to be outside and have some fires in my backyard because over the winter, it's so cold. I love having fires. It's so fun in the summer and in the fall. But to have them during the spring, it just hits a little differently because it's the first time in a long time having these campfires in my backyard. So that's going to have to be my favorite activity. Maybe going to my favorite ice cream shop, Hope Creamery here in Providence, Rhode Island, is probably number two. Just for that same reason, because it's been a long winter, you're not going to go get ice cream during the winter. But boom, you get a nice little 65 degree day in the middle of March and you just go down and get some ice cream because it feels like summer when it's 65 in March. That's true. Because this weekend, well, I guess this week and weekend here in New England is going to feel like it's summer. And unfortunately, I will be down in Florida, so I won't be able to experience that. But at least I'll be able to experience warm weather nonetheless. That's a conversation for another day. I'll talk about more of that on Wednesday. As we enter the start of this week on Monday, we are oh so close to 1,000 downloads for Murph's Boston Sports Talk across all platforms. So if you haven't already, please download. Download one episode. Download all the episodes. No matter what, it would be much appreciated. And don't forget to reach out to me on social media to get your name in on the giveaway, the Amazon gift card giveaway. More people, the better the prize will be for the Amazon gift card. Obviously, if I only have like three or four people, then it's going to be, I mean, I don't know. But if I get like a hundred people, then it's going to be a pretty good Amazon gift card, let me tell you. So definitely reach out to me on Twitter and on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, at Murphs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk. Get your name in on the giveaway because once we reach a thousand downloads, once I see a thousand, we're going to be spinning the wheel the wheel decide the winner, and I'm so excited to give whoever that Amazon gift card whenever it is spun. We are oh so close to it, and I'm so excited, so excited to finally give back to those who support me and the podcast, Murph's Boston Sports Talk, because it is so, it is a sign of my appreciation, the support that I'm getting from the listeners, you, fans, I couldn't be any more blessed, and it's just a simple term of gratitude is the gift card so with all that out of the way all the pleasantries out of the way hopefully you can enjoy this very very special interview i'm gonna go more into it in a second but you are going to love this and it's quick it's brief but it was extremely nerve-wracking fun special my heart was racing the entire time, but I'm going to I'm gonna shut up. I just want you to enjoy it and see what I'm talking about. This interview has been long awaited. I've been wanting to do this for my entire life, was ask a simple question. But fortunately for me, I was able to get a full sit-down interview with my favorite football player of all time. That's Tom Brady. Yes, I was able to score an interview with Tom Brady, quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I reached out to him on social media. He got back to me. We coordinated. But I will say, we did not coordinate wearing black hoodies. I'll say that. So kind of a cool coincidence to do that. But without further ado, I'm super excited. Let's get right into it. Here's my interview with Bucks quarterback, Tom Brady. Everybody, I'm super nervous. He knows I'm nervous, but he's working with me. I got 
the best guest that I possibly could for this podcast. I'm super excited to introduce on this podcast as a guest, Mr. Tom Brady, quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hi, James. Great seeing you, man. I always enjoy being with you, so love being on your show. Tom, it's so good to see you too, buddy. Oh, I'm so happy that you're on here. This, this truly means a lot to me. Tom, I got to ask you, is there any chance that you think, you've seen my highlight film of when I, I used to play intramural flag football in college. Do you think that I could be drafted into the NFL? Maybe even a free agent. I'll take a free agent. Anywhere. Being completely honest, you have zero chance. No chance? You don't think. Tom, you don't really think that I could play for your Buccaneers or I guess my Patriots? You know what? I think you're so talented. You're what I mean, you can't be great at everything. Look at you. I gotta at least be able to play for the Jets, right? I mean, Tom, come on. You might be able to play for the Jets. Jets, thank you. I'll take it. Yes. All right. You said it. Ah, that's super exciting. Hey, they're one of the 32 NFL teams, so don't matter if they're the worst ones, I'll take it. Tom, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for taking a few brief moments out of your time, out of your important uh, busy schedule. It means so much to me, my fans, and all the listeners. Thank you so much, and hopefully I can have you on again sometime soon. That was my interview with Tom Brady. I could not have been any more nervous. I could not have been any more excited, but there it was. I was so, so pumped to finally talk to my favorite NFL player of all time in Tom Brady. It's like a monkey's off my shoulder now. It's like, oh, I literally met like, oh my goodness, I, I, I met my idol. It was great. Oh, I loved it so much, and I can't wait to do another one with him. I don't know when. I was just lucky enough to get this one, but hopefully you were able to enjoy this interview as well, because I certainly did. So I do need to get the elephant out of the room here with what happened with the Bruins on Friday, I believe it was. Let me just check real quick. Uh, Friday the 5th, yes. And that was their game against the Washington Capitals. Ended up winning 5-1 to one against the Capitals, but that is not the big headline. The big headline is that defenseman Brandon Carlo is currently week to week with a head injury that he suffered when he got hit by Washington Capitals player Tom Wilson. So I've seen the video. I didn't watch it live because I was <clears throat> currently away for drill this past weekend, so I didn't get to watch the game live. But I did see the highlights, and I saw the hit that Wilson had on on Brandon Carlo, and oh my gosh, that was awful. Now, I'm not trying to be a wimp. I'm not trying to be a bitch when it comes to hockey. I love the aggressiveness. Let me, let me just get this out of the way. I love hockey because it is pure skill, aggression, it is energy, and it can honestly go either way. One goal is immense. Like in basketball, you can get a few points. You In football, you can get a touchdown, a field goal. Points can accumulate that way. In hockey, though, one goal means everything. If you're down one goal with two minutes left, you're still in that game. But in football, if you're down by a touchdown, yes, you're still in that game. But there's, you know, it's just different because you still have to get the touchdown. Then you got to get the PAT. So it's just a little completely different sport. Basketball. One possession, you can either get two points, three points, free throw. Completely different. 
But with hockey, though, I love hockey. And what drew me to hockey when I was younger was these guys just flying around on the ice, skating around, hitting people into boards, fancy stick skills, and just, oh, it was just awesome when I was a young kid. And that's eventually what drew me to play hockey my one year. But there is a line. And I understand that the league is trying to outlaw fighting. And I think that's stupid. I think that's what hockey is the reason why hockey is different and separated from the other three sports. Because you can't fight in sports. I mean, you got the malice at the palace between the Pistons and the Pacers all those years ago. But like in that sport, in basketball, that's an anomaly. Like in football, you see it every now and then where players will tussle, whatever. I know, uh, what's his name? Michael Crabtree, a wide receiver for the Raiders at the time, I believe was fighting Aqib Tlaib of the Broncos. I could be wrong, but I know it was was Michael Crabtree. But also in football, that's an anomaly. And in baseball, you see it every now and then, but that's like the whole team, you know, the bench is clear and all that, which is exciting and thrilling. Like, you know, the Red Sox and the Yankees in 03, 04, those fights insane it was awesome to watch but you don't see that anymore in baseball because you get hit with heavy suspensions and it's broken up so so quickly so it like happens for like five six seven seconds and then boom it's done but with hockey though you get two players who are shit talking each other skating around one guy's probably pushing the other and then the other player is like all right screw it let's go then they fight. And the referees obviously will do what they can to break it up. If it's like against the boards, if it's like, you know, a cluster of people behind the net or whatever. But if they're in open ice and there's no ref around and they drop the gloves, they're going to let them fight. They're not going to get in, in between that until one of the players falls onto the ice. Then they'll intervene and separate it. However, that could take 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, hockey is so, so energetic it is electric it is awesome to watch and you everyone's probably have seen a hockey fight before whether at the stadium the arena whatever or on tv but if you've seen a hockey fight at the arena you know what i'm saying when that building gets full of electricity the crowd is chanting and cheering regardless of whatever's going on right now in that game it could be a blowout it could be a tight ass game But the crowd is just so into it with these two players fighting. And just, "Ah, ah, ah, you suck. Ah, Hit him, get him, left, right, whatever. Oh, it's so good to see that. And that's what separates hockey from the rest of the sport is that aggression, that fight. And I love seeing that in hockey. But what Tom Wilson did to Brandon Carlo against the boards is absolutely disrespectful to the game of hockey, absolutely uncalled for, and a disgrace to the Washington Capitals. And this man should be embarrassed. He has a history of doing these cheap headshots. He's got suspended before for these cheap headshots on players against the boards. Now in hockey, you can hit the person against the boards as long as it's not like, you know, shoulder to the head or like, you know, upper body to their head when their head is down against the glass as long as you don't don't go out hunting for them if it's like within the play's parameters that's green to go now this dude kind of went hunting for carlo not necessarily because he was 
the puck was down in the Bruins end, and Carlo and Wilson were in that same area. Carlo was going for the puck. He was looking down at the puck. Now, Carlo's 6'5", I believe he is, 6'4", 6'5", so he's a big dude. And he's playing the puck looking down because it's trapped between the his skates and the wall. Meanwhile, Tom Wilson comes from in front of the net what it looks like to go play the puck and to kind of probably hit Carlo to make him kind of, you know, mess up with the puck so he can steal it and pass it off to a teammate. But instead, he goes and brings his shoulder, his right shoulder, into the side of Carlo's head, who is just above the board, but like against the glass part. So his shoulder hits Carlo's head into the glass, and Carlo drops everything. He drops his stick, his gloves, and he just falls right to the ice onto his knees. And at that time, when I, when I watched the, the highlight, I thought to myself, that's a five-minute major. Now, for those who don't know, in hockey, there's two-minute minors, four-minute minors, and five-minute majors. Five-minute majors are extremely brutal because in hockey, if you're on the power play and you score, then the penalty's over. But with a major, then if you you can score 10 goals, but that player is still going to be sidelined for five minutes regardless. I thought there was going to be a five-minute major called a lot of analysis. This is tough. Hold on. A lot of analysis. Analysts, there we go. A lot of a lot of analysts thought that that should have been a five-minute major too, but there was nothing called on the ice. The only reason why play stopped was because there was an injured player on the rink, and they had to attend to that. That's it. That's a disgrace to refing, which I'm not going to go into because I think refing hockey is very difficult, but I think it's also done very very good, generally speaking. Not a lot of times you'll see called go one way or another like you do all the time in basketball. So I'm not going to go on a tangent about the referees in this game. But there was no call on the ice. And that's disgraceful. The referee who was watching. If you go watch the highlight, there's a referee on the other side of the trapezoid watching the play. And he doesn't call a damn thing. That ref should be embarrassed. I really think... Nothing's going to come out of it. This is just me, you know, smoking some just gas out of my ears or whatever. But like, oh my God. So luckily, the NHL, the league stepped in. They had a meeting with Tom Wilson, a hearing in regard to a potential suspension, and he eventually got suspended seven games for his hit on Brandon Carlo, which is well-deserved. And in a shortened season of 56-game season for the National Hockey League, seven games? That's a lot. That's a lot of games. So hopefully, I doubt it, Tom Wilson cools it with the headhunting headshots. I doubt it because he is a multiple offender. He's been suspended before for a very similar hit on other players. But damn, Bruins losing Carlo because he's week to week now with a head injury. He was in the hospital Friday night dealing with you know what had happened. So obviously... There is no rush for him to come back. But with the Bruins' defensive situation very, very thin, this does warrant a little bit of alert and a little bit of urgency for the Bruins to address their defense. Now, I've been a proponent of the Bruins getting top six elite forward help, and I still think they should. But I really think that they might have to go out there and get another defenseman to help with the depth because... Kevin Miller's out, 
Brandon Carlo's out. Jeremy Lozon is also out. So that's three defensemen out for the foreseeable future. Oh, and also Matt Grizzly, who I forgot to mention as well. So four defensemen are out. So when the Bruins got, I guess they let go or didn't bring back Chara because they wanted to give the opportunity to their youth and their defensive corp. They're definitely going to be testing their defense, their young defensemen for the you know, foreseeable future. With four starters out, it's definitely going to get a little a little tight and a little bit of uh, you know stressful on the blue line for the Bruins. So I think come the trade deadline, they should be looking for more defensive help. Obviously, uh, Tenorti, who I kind of you know, was a little underwhelmed about when they brought him in, that move is obviously a massive help right now. And let me just mention, Tenorti, I love the dude. He's played for the Bruins three games now. And I know I didn't really talk highly about him last episode. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it was last episode. Wednesday or Friday's episode where I was kind of breaking down the Tenorti signing for the Bruins. But this dude, I already love him because in his second game with the Bruins on Friday against the Capitals... After the Brandon Carlo incident happened, this dude went out there, went to Tom Wilson, and fought him. And now that's insane. Like if he was on the Tenorti was on the team for a year or some time now, I would expect that. I would understand that and get that. But this was the dude's second game with the Boston Bruins. His second game in the black and gold. And he's already out there defending a brand new teammate that he barely knows. And he's out there punching and putting his you know life on the line to go defend his new teammate. I love that. I love the new guy sticking up for his teammate. That's awesome. Another reason why hockey is one of the greatest sports is because the team, the teammanship is out of this world. There's honestly, I can't recall not many times where players on a team become selfish. Now, you can point to the superstars for, you know, getting 50, 60 goals a season, 70 goals a season, whatever. But is that really selfishness? Not really, especially if they're on a good team. But like in basketball, you can easily tell when players are being selfish, just chucking up threes, not passing the ball always dribbling the ball themselves and passing maybe late or just, you know, forcing a shot in football. I mean, it's kind of hard for players to be selfish except for not being teammates because they got to be given the ball from the quarterback or they got to make a play. So if they like don't go support their teammate or whatever, or they're just kind of like all about me, 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 me in the interview at post game, pregame, whatever, then yes, same thing for baseball, but in hockey, you never see it. And it's just all about teamsmanship. Teamwork makes the dream work in this situation. I really think that that 5-1 to one win against the Capitals for the Bruins was a huge, huge win. Not only because they won against the Capitals, and I'll go into the standings in a minute, but because they lost Carlo, because Tenorti t- stepped up and defended his teammate, that just drove the Bruins to win. That just fueled their energy to go out there, defend their teammate, and make a statement against a great team in a very tough division. So I loved it. It was awesome to watch Tenorti go step up. I mean, I'm watching the fight literally right now as I'm talking, and 
it's a thing of a beauty. It really is. And I, though Tenorti kind of fell on the ice first, I still think he won the fight ultimately because the punches that Tenorti was thrown were so much harder than the ones Wilson was throwing. Wilson really couldn't get any good punches in. I mean, he got a couple, but the ones that Tenorti were getting in were so much harder. It looked like they connected more. And I only think that Tenorti fell on the ice because he would, you know, they obviously like hold the jerseys of the other player. And after the punch that Tenorti threw, Wilson kind of slipped a little bit, but maintained his balance. But I think that momentum kind of took Tenorti off his skates. But dude, I, I love the guy for doing that already. That's such a huge, huge moment for the Bruins this season. And if they go on to make noise in the playoffs, get to the cup, even win the cup, then I think that this game, this moment, this fight right here, will be one of those quote-unquote moments in a season. There, All the championship teams have a moment in the season. Look back to the 2018 Red Sox. Mookie bets 13-pitch grand slam against the Blue Jays, I believe it was. That was a moment where it's like, okay, this team has got it. For the Patriots, you can look at the... Let's go way back here. Let's go 2001 when they played the St. Louis Rams the first time at Foxborough Stadium. Although they lost, but they played that great Rams team so well. And so many analysts at the time and reporters thought that the uh, Bruins, that the Patriots had it. That they had what it takes to make it to the Super Bowl. And obviously the Rams were an NFC favorite at the time. Very likely to get to the Super Bowl. And they obviously eventually did. But even though the, the Patriots lost that game, that was a moment as well. In 2004 for the Red Sox, let's go back to baseball. That fight between the Red Sox and the Yankees after Arroyo hit A-Rod. You know, A-Rod's talking some crap. You know, Veritex like, we don't hit 260 hitters. And then A-Rod and Tech go at it. And, you know, the bench is clear. Big brawl. Pedro throws Don Zimmer down. Next thing you know, Bill Miller walks it off with a home run uh, to right field. Red Sox win. That was right before the trade deadline, too. That was a moment right there in the season. That's when you know that this team is legit, that this team has got what it takes. And I think that this moment right here for the Bruins is their moment. Now, there's a lot of work to still be done for the Bruins, though, because let's pivot over to the standings now. Because a you know a few days ago last week I said that the Bruins you know were still a very good team, you know a little down down patch a little you know bad spot right now they'll come back if things get worse we can talk about it, but during that time when things were you know dicey for the Bruins, the Capitals and the Islanders just took off, dude. They just played out of their minds. So obviously looking at the standings, you can't fault a team for playing great. You can only fault your team for playing bad. And right now, as it stands on Monday, March 8th, 2021, the Bruins are currently 16, excuse me, 13, 6, and 3 with 29 points. Yesterday, they played the New Jersey Devils. They lost one to nothing, which really sucks because that would have been a nice win to get two more points just to get closer to second place and obviously first place as well. The Capitals, who are in first place, hence why that win on Friday against them was so big because the Capitals are 14-6-4 with 32 points and the Islanders in first place with 34 points are 15-6-4. and 
Now the Islanders have 25 games played. The Capitals have 24 and the Bruins have 22. Now, obviously with playing three less games, you could hope that if they can win those three games, that's an additional six points, throws them over the top. But you also have to worry about the Penguins right behind you at 14, 9, and 1 with 29 points. It's a very tight division. All of a sudden, like past week and a half, it has gotten super tight in the Eastern Division for the Bruins. They had a nice, comfortable lead in terms of points earlier in the season. Things get dicey for them. Other teams start to play well, such as the Islanders playing extremely well recently. The Flyers are also still in it with 27 points. The Rangers, don't let them get hot. They're only they're at 23 points. But I think it's just a five-team race between the Islanders, Capitals, Bruins, Penguins, and Flyers. Only four teams will get in. Hence why getting that one or two is super important just so you're not at that fourth seed on the cusp of falling out to the fifth. Hockey is a little bit different than other sports because they go based off of a point system. Obviously, if you're a hockey fan, hockey nerd, or just know anything about hockey, you would know that. But for some people, it's a little confusing because you would think that the Penguins with 14 wins would be higher than the Bruins with 13 wins. However, that's not the case. It goes based off of point systems and then losses in general would follow. Bruins and Penguins both have 29 points. But since the Bruins have six regular regular time losses and the Penguins have nine, that vaults the Bruins to be the third seed instead. Very confusing because all the other sports go based off of win-loss. Baseball, win-loss. Football, win-loss. Maybe tie. Basketball, win-loss. Always like that. But in hockey, it goes based off of points. You get two points for a regular regular game win. No points for a loss. You get one point for an overtime loss. So getting the game into overtime can be a good thing because you're going to walk away with at least one point regardless. If you end up winning that game, then you will get the second point and get the, the, um, get the win in the win column per se. So another reason, another reason why hockey is... I don't want to say better, but it's different than the other sports, but it's a good different because they're the only ones that does it, and it really makes every regular season game matter and count. It really does, especially if you know if you can pull out a few overtime losses, you're still getting a point. Bruins have three overtime losses, so they got three points from just losing, but since they lost in overtime or in shootout, they got three points out of it, and Let's go in basketball. If you go, if you lose four out of five or like eight out of 10, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world because you have, you know, other games to play. As long as you can go on a good win tear, you're good. But in, but in hockey, different because other teams are also out there getting two points, one point, whatever it may be. So over the course of what is going to be a 56 game schedule for hockey, Bruins are 22 games in. Roughly around a third a third of the way there, a little bit more. Every game is going to matter, especially with the division now so close where you got the Islanders, the Capitals, yourselves, the Penguins, and the Flyers all in it. But then if you're looking back to the Rangers, 23 points out, they're not that far out either. So every game is super important, especially obviously with a shortened season. Look at baseball last year, 60 games, a marathon. Every game mattered in baseball because the season was shortened and condensed a win is huge a loss is massive you look at football 
where every win in that sport also matters because they only have 16 games. So if you lose five or six of those, chances are you're going to be in the playoffs very high, but also the chances that you might squeak and squeak out and get missed are also very high. And obviously with the extra wildcard team that they implemented last year is, you know, going to kind of help, or I should say, excuse me, this year, which helps. But now if you, if you lose six games or seven games, now you're looking on the outside in and usually the bar to get into the playoffs is 10 games. So that's more than half the games you got to win, which is obviously, you know, how things are with basketball. Usually, especially with the abysmal East, you see teams 500 or below squeak in the six, seven, eight seeds in the East. So that doesn't really matter. But this year with the shortened season in basketball, every game is going to be extremely important as well. That's why I was harping on the Celtics so much for losing when they went on that massive losing streak that you can't let this happen because you're supposed to be a great team. It is still a COVID-affected uh, basketball season where stadiums or a lot of stadiums are empty or they don't have their full fan capacity. So go and win these games that you have to win because come next year when hopefully COVID is gone and forgotten about, then it's going to get more tougher when you have to go to Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Miami, wherever. But right now, while there's not that many fans, it doesn't feel like a an enemy environment. It doesn't feel like you're on an island by yourself with just the team going against this massive crowd of 20,000 people playing against you know this good team that you're on the road with. So looking at the Bruins, am I worried? No. Am I nervous? No. What? It's not that I like where they're at right now. I don't hate where they're at right now. Obviously, they've slipped a little bit, but I can totally see them rebounding and coming back, going on a good stretch, winning a few games, and getting themselves back into the second, hopefully even the first seed in in a week or two. But obviously, how hot the Islanders, the New York Islanders, and how hot the Washington Capitals are, it's going to make it very, very difficult And since you're only playing these um, seven other teams in your division, it's going to be very difficult because you're going to see these same teams very often, a lot, and a lot of bad blood is going to be stirred because the next time you play the Capitals, it's going to get very, very intense and dicey because you're still going to be feeling the pain from Brandon Carlo. They're going to be feeling the pain from losing Tom Wilson. So, yeah. Hockey, it, it's super interesting with how the divisions are split up this year, having the four Central, East, West, and the North Division, or the North being the Canadian Division. But whew, it's exciting time right now to be a Bruins fan because though the Celtics have won four in a row going into the All-Star break, the Bruins feel like and the Bruins look like that team that they can win. They look like the next Boston team that can win a championship. And the Red Sox, after a down season last year, they have a long way to go. Although I do like what I'm seeing out of spring training. The Patriots, ugh, the Patriots are the Patriots this offseason. The Celtics, I've been so hard on them this year so far. I'm not feeling too good about where they are at. But the Bruins, I feel really good where they're at because they have what it takes. They just need a little bit of help. Hopefully they can get that at the trade deadline. But looking to the immediate future for the Boston Bruins, they got some good t- tough games coming up. Obviously tomorrow against the um, the New York Islanders in New York on Tuesday. 
um, back home against the Rangers on Thursday and on Saturday. Then they go to Pittsburgh next Monday and next Tuesday to play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then a couple, hopefully, easy, cheeky wins against the Sabres. Back against the Islanders again later next week. So they're going to be playing the Islanders a lot within the next week or so, two weeks per se. And they're in first place. You're in third place. This is an excellent time to get regulation wins so they don't get any extra points. So you can get two points. They get none, and that'll vault you up a lot quicker and a lot easier. The Penguins, they're right behind you. Same thing. You can't let them get any points. You can't lose any points to them. Hopefully, when they play the Sabres, they're, I mean, the Buffalo Sabres are just downright terrible. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. 6, 14, and 3 with only 15 points. That's just pitiful. And hopefully, you know, I'm hearing things on the street that the Sabres might trade Jack Eichel, you know, one of the best players in hockey. Bruins should be in on that mix. I don't think they have the ammunition, the the prospects, the trade assets to do it. But I at least want them to be in on it, throw an offer on the table, and see what happens. Doubt that they'll trade Jack Eichel to a team within the division. But you just never freaking know. You never know. So, at the end of the day, Bruins, not, a, not in a bad spot. I don't hate where they're at. Could be better, but I'll take it. All things considered, the next week or two is going to be super important. I'm looking forward to the game on Tuesday against the Islanders. I think that's going to be a big game. They just lost one nothing yesterday on Sunday. Hopefully they can come back and rebound, get two clean points, win it in regulation so the Islanders get zero. Those are all my Bruins talk, um, leaving the weekend and entering the fresh new week. A ton of stuff that I went over there with the Boston Bruins to really kind of catch you up to speed with what's going on in the Bruins. I know I, I kind of really only talked about the Bruins, but I really wanted to dedicate you know this episode to the Bruins where I've done so many episodes to the Patriots and to the Celtics before. I'll definitely have a nice locked and loaded Red Sox episode very, very soon, but I think this was a well-deserving episode just solely to the Boston Bruins considering the Brandon Carlo injury the Tenorti fight, and obviously where the Bruins are currently in the standings. Yes, the basketball all-star game, three-point contest, and the slam dunk contest were all last night on Sunday. I could give two flying poops. I really could. I used to love the three-point contest, and I still do. I used to love the slam dunk contest, and I still do. I just wasn't able to watch it last night. Unfortunately, I'm going to re-watch it, catch some highlights, hopefully give my thoughts come Wednesday. If people care about that, um, half the week later. But the All-Star game, though, I'm just going to touch upon it really quickly. The All-Star game is such a joke. And I was talking to a few people around the block that basketball is something else. They shoot threes all the time. And when they drive to the hoop, they cry and look for a foul every time. There's no in-between. There's zero in between, and that's kind of infuriating as a basketball fan. I love basketball so much. I've played it since I can remember, since I think I was in third grade. So to kind of see that's where the game is kind of going, and I've caught, I caught a few highlights of the All-Star game. You see Curry and, and Damian Lillard shooting from half court. You see people just pulling up, no defense, and I, I get that because it's an exhibition game, shortened season, trying to make sure that they're right, no injuries and all that good stuff. I get that. I do, but like, ugh. it's just so bland and so boring because if there's a rebound, 
deep outlet pass, pass up the court to a streaker, and then they just dunk it down and there's no defense uh, rotating. Like, I don't need to watch. I don't need to watch a game that's, what, I think it was a 170 to 150. Like, ugh. Come on. And, like, it's uh, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Steph Curry. Right there alone. That's a wrap. And I don't know why Kevin Durant picked Joel Embiid. And it was kind of funny that Joel Embiid didn't play because he was in close contact to a barber that got diagnosed with COVID. So hopefully Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you know, don't have COVID and that they're okay. But like you're picking Joel Embiid over Giannis and Tentacumpo, the Greek freak. KD, come on, man. You deserve to lose that all-star game. And I know he didn't play, but he was still the captain. But like, dude, come on. Come on. You, that that's I love how Joel Embiid is playing this year. He's playing super hard, very good. I think the best Embiid we've seen his whole career. But for an all-star game where it's just three points, three point shooting, three point shooting. And dunks, yeah, you got to pick the one of the best dunkers in the league in Giannis. I mean, that's just common sense. But that's all I'm going to talk about the All-Star game. I could give two flying poops, like I said, about the All-Star game. You're just watching a bunch of shooters shoot and a bunch of dunkers dunk at the end of the day. Now, the baseball All-Star game come later this summer, which I won't be here for because I'll be at basic. But I love, I love Major League Baseball's All-Star game. I'm going to be bummed that I won't be here to watch that. And the Home Run Derby. The Home Run Derby is my favorite all-star event in all of the sports. Not that the Pro Bowl is really... I mean, it is an all-star game, but it's at the end of the season, so it's a little different. But Home Run Derby is hands down my favorite all-star game event, period, in all four sports. And I'm pissed that I won't be able to watch it, at least live. But I will record it. I will watch it. And I can't wait. So hopefully, after watching the abysmal... Um, NBA All-Star Game, hopefully the baseball one come the summer, which is always better than basketball's, lives up to its reputation. I can't wait for it. But what did you think about everything we talked about? Bruins-heavy episode. What do you think? What are your thoughts and feelings about the Boston Bruins right now as it stands on March 8th of 2021? They are in third place, 29 total points. Five points behind the New York Islanders in first place. How are you feeling? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling worried, scared, nervous, bad about the team? What are your thoughts? I want to hear them. Reach out to me on Twitter and on Instagram at Merce underscore Boston ST. Or if you're watching on YouTube, comment down below what your thoughts are about the Boston Bruins as it stands right now. Speaking of YouTube, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like rating. That would be extremely awesome. And if you're new or haven't yet, please consider subscribing for Murph's Boston Sports Talks episodes and YouTube exclusives. If you're watching on audio-only platforms, definitely consider checking out my YouTube channel. There are a ton of awesome, funny, exciting, cool YouTube exclusive videos I have on there that I only post to YouTube. Super funny, quizzes, home run derbies, challenges, so fun. Um, I have one coming out tomorrow that you're not going to want to miss. It's with the podcast favorite, Kim Lynch. No, it's not me. I know she is the favorite and I am not on the podcast on YouTube. Everyone loves her. No one loves me. I know. So we did an, uh, we did a video together. That's going to be uploaded tomorrow. Can't wait for your, your reaction on that, but definitely check it out. It's going to be super fun. 
Check out the rest of the YouTube channel. You're going to love it. But thank you, everybody, at the end of the day. Whether you're watching, whether you're listening, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for enjoying. I can't wait to reach 1,000 downloads, to spin the wheel, to see who will get that Covenant prized Amazon gift card. I'm so excited. I can't wait to spin the wheel to give it away. But until next episode, until Hump Day's episode, oh, I don't have the iPad with me to press the button for Hump Day. But until Wednesday's Hump Day's episode, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the nice weather that is on the horizon. Stay safe. Stay warm. Have fun out there. And until I see you on Wednesday, for Hump Day's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, you know the drill. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.